Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 165. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Kevin Nashin. Kevin, Chef Kevin, are you feeling unstoppable today? Feeling unstoppable. Awesome. Do you prefer Chef Kevin or Chef Nashin? You let me know and I'll continue going forward with that. Uh, Kevin works. All right. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, Chef Nashin, uh, I know you just said Kevin, got his culinary start okay. <laughs> while growing up in his family's northern New Mexico restaurant. Eventually, he would go on to graduate from the Culinary Institute of America. After a number of stages, both stateside and abroad, Nashin returned to St. Louis to open Sydney Street Cafe in 2003. After 10 years in business, in 2013, Sydney Street Cafe was named Restaurants of the Year. In August 2014, Nashin opened his second location, The Peacemaker. Uh, Nashin was named a James Beard Award finalist for Best Chef Midwest in 2014 after four years of being a semifinalist. Congratulations on all of your success, Chef. I uh, can't wait to get your story. This is just an overview of who you are and what you're all about. I can't wait to get the big picture. But before we go there, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you have for us today? Um, I always like that Winston Churchill uh, going through hell. Just keep going. And I feel like that's, a, that's the restaurant industry in, a, in the ball every single day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for sure. It, it, it's just one of those things I think you have to be twisted, Chef, to really just enjoy showing up every day and getting beat up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like you said, going through how just keep on going. Uh, great stuff. I can't wait to learn more. So uh, let's start talking about you. I mean, when did you know, Chef, that this was going to be more than just a career or more than just a job, but your career? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think college, you know, I, um, you mentioned before, you know, I grew up in the industry in Santa Fe. My family had a restaurant for 27 years, uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico called La Tertulia. So I grew up into it. So it was like this little bubble and I wanted to get out and, uh, went to, uh, college thinking that I was going to go to law school. And, um, and I just knew like when I was in college, I was like, you know, this is just, wasn't for me and i really kind of you know itched on wanting to get back in the industry and and uh and kind of maybe make it a career and so that's kind of like what i i uh decided to do my brother and i and i went to cia i used that as like kind of like grad school and um i really didn't have a culinary background before then we just kind of worked at our family's restaurant so we did every job possible and then um, I fell in love with cooking. So when you're fortunate enough in life to find out stuff that you actually like that you, you know, give a shit about, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely cool. And it was like one of those aha moments. It was like, well, this is, you know, I definitely get a, a good feeling off this and, and, and it's awesome. And, and then, you know. Yeah, absolutely, Chef. Um, so you said you're in law school. You're studying in St. Louis oh, originally, oh. right? I was going to college and my aspirations were possibly going to law school. Oh, okay. I understand. Oh. Yeah, and so I graduated marketing and poli sci, and then I was like, man, I am going to culinary school. 
So can you think of a moment, was it an experience? Did you go out to eat when you were in college? Like, Was there a pivotal point or did you just slowly oh, it was, gravitate it was, towards? It, it really was one of those like, okay, well, you know, I've got to do something in my life. And what, you know, what's, what, what makes sense and what's going to make me happy? Mm. Kind of like that approach, you know, it's kind of like. No, um, I, I can totally. Pragmatic. Yeah, I mean, I was a commercial pilot for a while, and I was miserable, and all I could do, like, I, when I was working in the restaurant industry on the side, and I just loved it, and I'm like, I'm not making any money flying. <laughs> Why am I killing myself? I might as well just be poor in doing something I love all the time than miserable and poor. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally can understand what you're saying, um, and I love it. So, we got to move on to the next question. This is a sure. question I kind of want to start working into the interview and it's about your why, Chef. Um, why is it that you love this industry so much? Um, I mean, there's so many facets to why. It, uh, it, it, you know, it's dynamic. It's 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 changing every single day, moment. Um, and there's so many challenges. And and I think the uh, the the cool the cool thing and the and the hard thing, knowing that like you know your aspirations are wanting to make everything perfect. And it's absolutely impossible. So that being said, um, you know, it, it's just it's so detail approach, and there's so many details that go on, and and there's so many little facets that that you know it's it's just a, a huge challenge every single day, and uh, it, it, it's fun. You know, some days are are better than others, of, of course, but um, there's you know a, a, every day there's constantly stuff to work on. I love how you mentioned that you're it's like that constant challenge that. You know, you're always chasing perfection, but like you said, it's impossible. But I've noticed that so many of the people I interview, they're always, even though they know it's impossible, they're still chasing it, and they're always improving. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. It's you know you, you I mean when when you truly want to make people happy in life, you, it's a never ending task. Yeah. So that that being said, it's kind of like well you know you do everything you can besides cooking, besides service, besides everything, you know, ambiance, everything. It's like, how do you improve this moment? Mm -hmm. Take two hours out of their day to spend time with you and escape. How do you make that two hours the best freaking two hours possible? Absolutely. That with every single customer and you want them to come back over and over again. Yeah. But it's those people who are always striving just to make it a little bit better in that pursuit of perfection that are so awesome, even though they know they're not going to obtain perfection, but they know they're going to be a little better every day. And if we don't take anything away from this interview today, I think we would have already, you know, I'm sure we will, but you've already making the most of our time right now. That's a great uh, lesson there. It's just that pursuit of perfection, um, always improving, always trying to be a little bit better. Awesome. So what are your it factors, Chef? If you can narrow it down, just a few habits, a few characteristics that most contribute to your success, what would they be? Give a shit. Everything <laughs> give a shit. From the moment, like, you know, like, everything should irritate you. You know, as a cook, I think, like, you know, I always try to tell my cooks, like, you know, when you taste something and it doesn't taste good, well, it's not going to taste any better on the, on the customer's plate when they're eating it. So, you know, think like you're cooking for your mom. Or, like, when you walk into the restaurant and there's trash on the floor, pick it up. Every little detail. If you give a shit, if you want to, like, you should constantly want to make everything better mm-hmm. and and the moment that that you don't give a shit is when you're just it's it's over the the, the show's over i and, love sorry keep going I so, 
Keep going. No, I was going to say, I love how you mentioned the uh, walking past a piece of trash and picking it up. It's I think Danny Myers calls it the excellence reflex. He quoted one of his chefs, but it's that, that something that's inside of you that just isn't okay with something not being perfect. You know, and like I can't walk p- past that that uh, that table that has a slightly off-centered you know setting because I know it's not perfect, and I'm gonna fix it. It's that excellence reflex. I love it, and I think that's you could also say it's the give a shit reflex. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I might start calling it that. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, you know, and yeah. and, and, and and so many people don't get it. I think mm-hmm. you know, and we're all all trying to 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 perfect it you know it's 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 when you're tired it's when you're when it's it's a, you know 10 10 15 on a saturday night that that's super important just as it was at five o'clock at night you know like I making every single customer you know the details are there awesome so aside from your uh your give a shit attitude and you're always perfecting always looking to be better what other if factors do you have to drop on us today you know, habits, characteristics, attributes that you think most contribute to your consistency. Success. You know, um, you, you can't give a shit one day and 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 not give a shit the next. Consistency is a huge player. It's like you know, be consistent with your emotions. Be consistent, like you know, um, just consistency. You know, that's what the customer expects. That's what you should be giving you know, in your restaurants. Giving with your staff, the way you treat people, talk to people. Um, the, just the way you carry business, you know, it's if you're if you're consistently strong and good and going towards a goal, then it's it's going to be great, you know. But you can't be great one day and not great the next, or or you know, shitty the whole time, or wh- whatever the case is. It's just you know, be consistent. And I think uh, I, I think another um, I, another one might be the uh, the fact that. Uh, you know, I, I, I love surrounding myself with really try to be intelligent people. And, and you know, I think uh, that's a, a huge importance that, like, you have to realize, like, hey, listen, this life isn't about you. And we're lucky enough that people want to come and, and hang out and, 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 and achieve certain goals. And the better you hire, the better you, you surround yourself with these great people, you're going to be better. And, yeah. No, it's like, you know, so many people say like, oh, it's like, you know, a chef is such a singular thing. Well, there's there's nothing about singular that we do. I don't cook every single meal at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. It's impossible. I can't I can't be at both restaurants. I can't be, you know, everywhere. And and uh, the more like, you know, you realize like it's a it's a team factor. I think that that's that's a huge thing. It's not a me, 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 me. It's a it's a we. And, uh, you know, when when someone pats you on the back and, and gives you an accolade of any sort or, you know, you have a full restaurant, man, it's not a, a you know, it's not a, oh, look what I've done. It's like, man, look how what we have accomplished. And and, you know, and then hopefully you're you're passing on via, you know. Someone gets a pay raise or someone gets a promotion or whatever the case being, but like there's constant nurturing Mm -hmm. in that system. Yeah, here. So, I mean, so far I've written down, you give a shit, you're always improving, you have consistency, you surround yourself with incredible, intelligent people, and you have a we mentality. Can you think of a story, Chef, where one of these if factors came out? And I know you have an incredible uh, line of stages behind you. I mean, you've traveled the country. Uh, you've worked for some incredible people. Um, maybe pick one of these stages where you learn something just from surrounding yourself with incredible people. Where you you pick? Well, I mean, you know, I always like try to turn negatives into positives. You mm-hmm. know, 
without mentioning names, I did work for somebody that, you know, it wasn't the best uh, mm-hmm. scenario. And I opened a restaurant for this person, and it, it wasn't a we mentality. And it was uh, more of a dictatorship. And it, and it, it was kind of like this gentleman had an incredible team and staff and so much talent and just completely I, I watched it uh i watched it deteriorate it uh and he had he had he had a kind of a, a empire and it always kind of uh reminded me i'm like this is something i don't want to ever ever be a part of and 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 and, and I, I think there were so many uh reasons for that but i think that the the whole um selfishness it's kind of like that dog with a bone in its mouth mm-hmm lake and looking at that other uh, reflection of the bone and going for it and losing both bones it doesn't have anything at the end of the day it's it was greed it was kind of like and it was kind of like one of those things too it's like like you can't be greedy with your staff you can't be greedy with your customers there's so many there's so many facets that that are bigger than cooking or or service and all the stuff that that actually are huge parts of the puzzle and without that you know, you don't have a restaurant, really. Or... Yeah, I think it's a point, and it's important to point out, too. I mean, so many of us, we do stages. I think people are doing stages, uh, when, you know, whether it's front of house or back of house, wherever you are. I don't think there's enough front of house stages, personally. But anyway, side. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. We'll have a topic on that another day. But um, one of the things that I think are so important about stages that people don't really mention, and it isn't necessarily surrounding yourself with great people and picking up all these great attributes from these people, but also you learn what you don't like and you learn the bad habits and you learn about what it feels like when somebody is doing it the wrong way and how you feel and I think that's another great uh, you know just side effect of getting that experience getting out there and working like you did cool yeah great Um, so let's think of a story now chef uh, you gave us your if factors. You talked about how these if factors of just getting the experience getting out there really has helped you and what not to do but talk to us about a time you failed and just fell hard on your ass, chef, and how you got back up and what you learned from this failure. This could take days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where, where, which failure do you want to mention? Um, I don't know. You know, um, I think, you know, maybe like, I mean, there's a lot of examples, but maybe trying to open up my new place, the Peacemaker, you know. Um, early on, you know, it took about two years uh, to, to come about, but I think early on, I, uh, I underestimated a lot of things, you know, my, uh, my financing, my, um, my general thought process and it, I didn't fail, but there was, a, there was a lot of stumbling and a lot of falling. Um, and gratefully it didn't affect the, uh, end result, but it was kind of like one of those things that, you know, I think it's so important in life that like, you know, you get older and mature and hopefully, you know, you, you try to get wiser and, Sometimes you realize that, like, all those steps that, that try to make a successful dish, a successful business, and all that, you have to go through all those. And there's no short-stepping anything. And as as, uh, as simple as that sounds, I think a lot of people, like, miss those steps. Like, you know, you have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Yeah. You have to tie your shoes every day the same freaking way. And there's no, like, there's no getting around it. And the, some of these tasks are so laborsome and boring, but they're – such a necessity because that's what differentiates one business from the other and it's all those attention to details and i think that um that um assuming that just because you've been around or or uh you know you, you feel like your knowledge is a certain level that you don't need to do certain things it's it's completely bullshit you 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 even have to do more so it, you you kind of you know it 
it kind of re reinstates in your mind like why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said that the, your failure was somewhere along the line of just the stumbling and fumbling of opening the Peacemaker second location. Can you give us some specifics? Like where were you struggling? Where was the fumbling? Where did you stumble? Well, my first, you know, like my first uh, location, like you know, that I was going to do it at. I. Uh, um, so the first of, location wasn't where you ended up opening the Peacemaker. Right. Okay. Right. I ended up uh, opening at uh, my buddy's old place down the street from my restaurant, which was a blessing in disguise. But, like, you know, it, it all worked out at the end. But So the, what was your mistake in the, the first location? The first what was the problem? Was, I, I, I just kind of cowboyed it. I was like, okay, well, I've, I've had Sydney Street for a long time. I know how to cook. I think I have a great concept. You know, I could just do this. And, and you know, and I, I just didn't – I wasn't polished in any way. Okay. It, it was like It was like I was assuming it versus – um, and just doing it versus like, why am I really doing this? Sounds like you're being more reactive than proactive. Is that right. a good way to say it? it so kept, when 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 the deal didn't go through in the other in the in the the original spot, it was kind of like one of those aha moments. It was like, well, you know what, man? Instead of me pointing the finger and saying like, oh, like you know, poor me or or all these things, I need to strip everything down and go back to the roots of like, Hey, why am I doing this? Is this like something I really want to do? Just asking all those like simple questions and really going from, from the ground up and building an incredible foundation. I think that totally saved me with the, uh, with the restaurant, you know, and it was kind of like, and I had never really opened up a a new restaurant. So it was kind of like, I I wasn't asking for, um, advice. I wasn't, uh, it was one of those male kind of chauvinist, you know, it's like, oh, well, I've, you know, worked for all these people. I've seen all these openings. I've been a part of all these openings. And assuming that I know all this, well, I don't know shit, man. <laughs> I don't know a thing. So it's like, shut your mouth, just, you know, and, and just admit, like, you don't know it and go do your homework. You know, it's like, it's like for a, for a, for a dish, I'll like, you know, look at like, 20 cookbooks and like be online and look for different ingredients and all this well that same kind of mentality and same kind of homework has to be in opening a restaurant in in whatever you do i don't care if it's like a, a simple thing of uh you know uh doing a new section or you know catering company uh aspect in your restaurant it's mm-hmm. like every single step needs all the tlc you can give it so just to summarize here it sounds like the first time around when you were making finding a location for your second location, uh, you kind of cowboyed it, you said. And then after that, you you know, you took ownership, which is, I think, another it factor. Something I notice all the time with people in this industry is when shit hits the fan, they don't go pointing fingers. They go, well, I fucked up. <laughs> it's on me. Um, and that's great. But what you did the second time is, like, and I love the analogy you use, um, which I think speaks really great to chefs, is that you did your homework in opening a second location is like creating a new dish where you don't just, you know, throw things together. You study the dish. You look at the history of the dish. You look at what the ingredients, where they come from. And you have to take that same approach to opening a new restaurant. Like, you need to do your homework and find out, like, all these little things. And it sounds like that's what you did the second time around is you really researched. and It never ends. Built the foundation. Exactly. Awesome. Great stuff. Great lesson to take away. Uh, thank you for being so transparent with that, Chef. And we have come to the second half of this interview where you're just going to drop some bombs of knowledge on us, blow us away with industry knowledge. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. The first question I have for you is what is your advice for uh, funding a restaurant? Great timing because we just kind of came from uh, <laughs> keeping the well, conversation going. You know, uh, 
it's it's funny. It's uh, that's a tricky question. It's um, you know, I think a lot of people want to like help people, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, I, I think as cooks and as restaurateurs or whatever you want to call it, you have to be really careful. You know, sometimes you can get into the wrong you know wrong hands and team up with the wrong people. I think money's out there, mm-hmm. add, but. Um, you know, you, you don't want to give away your whole life. You're not, you know, at the end of the day, it's just as easy just to go work for somebody than to team up with somebody that you really have at the end of the day, not much. So it's really, I, I always, I always say that, you know, before you go and you team up with somebody that that's going to either, you know, uh, fund your business and that like, you know, really think about like what you're giving up, like what percentages in that, because this is a long life. This isn't mm-hmm. a, this isn't a, a, a one year burst. This is your life. So ten years down the road, what is this picture going to look like? Like you know, think you're successful and you mentioned real quickly percentages. What percentages should you be looking for? You know, it varies for everybody in every situation. It's like a catering gig. Like you know, you tell me you want to you want to cook for a bar mitzvah, and this person wants to cook for a birthday. Well, it's going to be two different catering gigs. So I'm not going to I'm going to customize it to that. So every business deal is going to be customized towards that i i say just do your homework on that you know you can't really throw out a percentage in there because every every deal is different you know do that you know give any money whatsoever or whatnot but also a huge factor that i think it's underused and it's in every single city is there's so much money that the cities have to help guys us small guys open up businesses you know whether it be you know tiffs or you know, like um, bonds or, or tax credits or there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is a little homework, a little digging, and, and it's just it's, – it's, Where do you start to get that – to find out where this money is? So do you go to your town <laughs> office? Like where did you go to find so, out where it was? And you, and you can go online and, mm-hmm. and looking. And, you know, you team up with a, a, a good lawyer, like, you know, and you just say, hey, listen, like I, I really want to work this. And mm-hmm. what you pay in the, in the front pays dividends in the back. Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot of, you know, a lot of like, you know, your uh, facade, you know, there's facade money in every town. There's, uh, you know, sidewalk money. And, and all that money adds up to big chunks of change on in a project. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and anything is possible. Like, yeah. you know, say like, oh, like, you know, I'll never have my own restaurant because it's like I can't come up with the money. It's, and that's not, that's not totally not true. And I think, can I just interrupt you real quick? Because I yeah. think that I want to point out what you're saying. Um, that mentality of it's not possible versus how can I make it possible can go so far. Because as soon as you admit that it's not possible, your brain shuts off. But as soon, if, if you think, you ask yourself questions, if you, if you think in a question where you're always questioning, like, what can I do differently? How can I make it possible? It's amazing how creative the mind can get to, like, find avenues to make your dreams come true. And I just want to, you know, point that out because I think it's a very valuable lesson just to ask how. Um, But one thing I noticed when you opened Sydney Street Cafe, uh, it was a pre-existing location. Uh, Were you someone's escape strategy? Like, did you give somebody an exit out of the industry? Is that one of the techniques you used? Yeah. You know, uh, the gentleman, Tom McKinley, that had it before, he had been in my family's restaurant in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he had heard my brother and I moved back into San Luis. And... um, you know, it was one of those scenarios like, you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm uh, ready to pass the torch over here. And I know you had a family business in, in New Mexico and I'm, you know, he, he he wanted to sell the building and everything. So it was just a, it was a, one of those moments, too. It was like, oh, this is like too good to be true. Yes. And he knew that eventually we can make it our own. So it was kind of like, 
Um, you know, and that, that's like a scenario. Like I wasn't looking for that scenario, opening up a restaurant. I was looking at, you know, uh, white boxes and, and this is the concept I want to do. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this window opened and we took that opportunity. Awesome. And that's a very good lesson too, is because life isn't always what you think it's going to be, you know, and would I have changed it? No, I would have kept it the same way. I've made it, try to make it better. But, um, it's, uh, there's so many opportunities out there and you just got to really like just listen and, and, and be ready to jump on those opportunities. Awesome. Great. The next question I have for you is what is your advice for hiring good people? What are you asking? What questions are you asking? Where are you looking? What like characteristics are you looking for when hiring? Well, let's just go back to the roots of this conversation. You want to hire people that give a shit, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, How do you know they give a shit though? What like what? You know, there's so many. There's so many um, little facets. I'm a big person on staging, so I, I like to. I, and not only front of the house, um, and, or not only back of the house, but front of the house too. It's kind of like you know, so, like a busser wants to come in. Well, you know, he's not necessarily hired the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. He comes in, hangs out. We want to see him in action. See him interact with not only our customers but our our uh, employees. Mm-hmm. You know, does he walk over that piece of trash? Um, you know, are, are, is he looking at all those? You know, I, I think that the most important um, maybe like uh, characteristics I look in individuals is are they kind? Do they give a shit? And also more and most importantly, are they productive? Are they willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I always love Danny Meyer's setting the table book constant general pressure because that's always kind of like something that we always try to stick with at all the restaurants and it's kind of like just gently tapping somebody on the shoulder without being rude and just saying hey listen you know this needs to be done this needs to be done and if you're always pointing people towards that and and it kind of filters people out the people that want to deal with that Mm -hmm. and they make it better and the people that don't they just they're gone Mm, Um, i love it so i think that kind of is a good segue into the next question which is once you find these great people how do you keep them a part of your team like you mentioned before you have a a, a we mentality so how do you keep all these people together like do you think that's part of it the we mentality um you know people love to be a part of something bigger than themselves right so Mm -hmm. You know, you have goals and aspirations, and you say, hey, listen, you know, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, you got to kind of, like, lay out, like, you know, kind of forecast, like, what your goals are. So everyone has an understanding of, like, what the team, what we're aspiring for. But I think that, like, you know, it becomes more than a paycheck, and it becomes more of, like, a culture and more of, like, you're not brainwashing people. You're basically just saying, hey, listen, man, we're, we're all in this together, and – and, you know, there's 10 restaurants on the street, but this is why we're different and this is where we're going and this is how we want to do things. Do you want to come and be a part of this? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, can I just stop you there? Um, yeah. Because I just want to add you know, or comment. So many times we hear people, the people who have trouble finding people or keeping people on staff are always complaining about how it's just the industry and it's just so hard to find good people. But really it's that the people like you who are just – a great person, if you are great, if you're doing something that's greater than yourself for a higher cause, this is what we're about, this is what we're doing, people are going to get on board that. If you create that culture where it's not about you, what you're trying to do, but it's about the bigger picture of what your purpose is, why you exist, why your restaurant exists, people, that's what people sign up for. And that's what, you know, it's those bigger things. Is that what I'm hearing from you? I like the way you sum that up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> Sorry. I think it's good. <laughs> awesome. Man. that one up. Sorry, I get worked up sometimes. It just happened there. Hi. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> All right, Jeff. The next question I have for you is what advice do you have for what recommendations, correction, sorry, what recommendations do you have for a book? If it's a must read, if you're getting into this industry, uh, what's one book or maybe a couple books you'd recommend? We just mentioned one setting the table, um, by Danny Meyer. Awesome book. Absolutely. Um, you know, cooking wise, you know, um, I'm a huge fanatical cookbook, you know, person. I, I, I have like 3,000 cookbooks. Wow. I love cookbooks. Have um, you read them all? No. no. I, I only go for pictures, right? <laughs> um, no, but, uh, you know, for cooks, I, I always love cooking by hand. There's a really awesome book called Auberge of a Flowering Hurt, and it's an incredible book. And it's actually about a guy who, uh, long story short, um, based on a true story, he basically uh, had all these parties in the 70s in New York. Um, he was a food writer, and he uh, had uh, basically um, these liqueurs, and uh, he didn't really know the history of them. So he ended up going to France to go learn about them and fell in love with cooking and worked at this place called Auberge of a Flowering Hearth, and it's an incredible book. It's mm. both front and back. Um, and what else? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I like the... You know, I, I like uh, a lot of those um, CNN, uh, you know, pod, uh, podcasts and, and a lot of those stuff that's like self-helping. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you become like a better leader? How do you become a better resource? How do you become this? There, there's so much information out there um, now. Art, can you think of some of the, the names of the, the podcasts you listen to? Um, God, I mean, you throw me on the on the spot. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Um, I'll just get those from you later, Chef. Uh, you just shoot me yeah. an email after this interview, and I'll have those uh, those podcasts in the show notes. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Awesome. The next question I have for you is on the topic of marketing. Um, what do you think the best way to market is? What things do you do in your restaurant that you see a lot of return on your time with investing investing your time into marketing? Marketing such a important and interesting topic um i think it's super important to have a pr group Mm -hmm. you know basically they are throwing a hundred balls in the air and you know you can only throw one personally Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like it's one of those things um effective marketing obviously it's one that connotates butts in the seat, right? Mm-hmm. But the most effective marketing is doing what you do in day in and day out. And people like like want to slide that, but it's really true. Like you know, if you have good food, good service, good atmosphere, and people are talking about it, you are going to be full. It's not it's not a, a fast, effective way, but after a couple months of doing that, it's it's very effective and it's long term versus like the hype. And like saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to be a cool party. And then people come and you know, maybe they're disappointed or, or whatnot. And, and it's kind of like, well, you know, I, I always tell my guys that I don't want to be the guy like raising his hand saying how cool you are. I want to be the guy who just basically, you know, put in their paper and the teacher's reading it and like saying, wow, this is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actions always speak louder than words. You know, you want to punch people in the face with like flavor, service. You know, just, you know, everything you can. So, like, it really just rings a bell. And they say, you know what? These guys actually get it. And you know what? You're going to you're gonna fall on your face sometimes. You, 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 there's no such thing as being perfect every single day because there's so many things that change. 
But as long as you're staying true and you're trying to make people happy, that that's the most effective marketing you can do is just doing the stuff you do day in and day out. And also being a part of your community, man. You know, like it, we, we talk about like, you know, being selfish in this industry because, you know, oh, it's a chef and I think I'm cool. And like, you know, I have a restaurant. And I think I'm even cooler. Well, you're not. You're, you're fucking you sling food for a living and you're part of a community. Well, if you think you're part of the community, then you have to be part of the community, man. So start giving back. So start being part of, you know, there's programs out there in every single city that, like, you know, help uh, kids that are, like, you know, less fortunate or, like, you know, kids that, like, you know, don't have money to go to culinary school. But, like, you know, immerse yourself because that's the stuff that, honestly, you have no idea how much it will give back to yeah. you. Yeah. And just to make – I mean, you're killing it, man. You're on a tear right now. I'm loving everything you're saying. But it's when you are a part of your community. Like you're saying you need to be a part of your community – it's when you just use social media to be a window and to do to, to show everything you're doing, not trying to show off, um, but do it in a way that just you know follows what you've been up to, like how much you care. That's the best type of marketing, right there. Um, and we can just learn so much just from what you're saying. Just like you say, just be awesome. I think it's safe to say the best way to market yourself is by giving a shit <laughs> to come full circle, and then just to shine a light on how much shit you do give. <laughs> <laughs> awesome so right i love it man uh this is turning out to be a great interview i'm pumped up so uh let's talk a little bit about some of the technology uh you know the, the landscape's changing so fast and especially in the past few years there's so much tools whether it's back of front house or, or front of house that can really help you be more you know efficient more productive more profitable what are some of the tools that you're leveraging in your restaurants you know um I remember like looking at that question and I, uh, I was like, you know what? I think it's an over, over analyzed and overthought question. Um, there is some stuff out there that is incredible. I'm a numbers guy. I love like, you know, knowing like, you know, what your food cost is every day your labor costs, you know, you have to run a, a viable business. But mm-hmm. also I think after a while it becomes minutia and, you know, if you want to break it down to its roots, it's like at the end of the day, it's about making good food, good service, and, you know, people pay for it. And mm-hmm. hopefully that, you know, every, everything else kind of plays in, in play. But I, I think that you can sit here and have all this technology and all this stuff. Like at the end of the day, it's like let, let's take cooking, you know. You can circulate anything. You can sous vide, blah, blah, blah. But it's not going to be a badass braise. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather braise a freaking, you know, a bunch of duck on dough. And have that smell and that aroma and stuff versus like in a circular where like it's just stale and stagnant. And yeah. Stuff. Well, you think, like in 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 on that note of of transparing it to like technology, it's like um, you know, I love I love Aloha and I use Pulse and it kind of lets me see the numbers of both places instantaneous. Um, and and those are good because you really want to like you know like say for instance like you know. If I didn't know our food cost was running 36% and it's the end of the month, well, I can't do shit about it. Mm-hmm. Now, if, it if it's August 3rd and we've been running two days of 36% food cost, I'm like, guys, what the hell's going on here? We can fix this. You know, this is something. So that in that standpoint, it's great. But like, um, you know, there's there's numbers out there. You can sit there and look at everything in technology and, and try to be streamlined. But like if if the owner or the people there are there every day and, and in the mix, things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think you just 
the numbers things, like in order to make decisions, you need to be able to quantify your efforts. And I think that's one of the biggest tools is the data we can collect, whether it's data on our guests or data just on in-house operations, putting numbers to everything we're doing. Um, like you, you mentioned, Aloha Pulse is just another tool where we can provide a better service because there's we can see the big picture. I think to use your words, you got to you know provide that good service, and if you provide a good service, everything else will happen. But with these tools, they allow us to b- provide that better service. Will you disagree to that? No, they do. They do. They allow you definitely to um, to just move faster. You're able to make that turn yeah. um, a lot quicker and a lot more precise. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that too, it's like I don't know. You know, I always hear people like say like, oh, well, you know. Um, that's not our clientele or like, you know, we're looking for this customer base. Well, yeah. you should be looking for every single customer period. What's, what is your client? <laughs> your clientele is someone that actually pays likes you. For your food. <laughs> so shut the hell up, man. Yeah. It's, it's like I've read, you know, people are like, Oh, well, where, where, where does your clientele come from? Is it based on like, I don't care where they come from. As long I don't they come. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, you know, when you go to analyze to open up a new restaurant or like, you know, they're like, okay, well, where do you think you're gonna your demographics are gonna be? Like, my demographics are like we want to open up someplace that people think it's yummy, fun, <laughs> and exciting. There's no like, oh my god, I only want the south side of the city really to eat there because like you know it's like, and that's kind of like, I mean, it's funny in a way, but it's kind of like there, a lot of people think like that, and yeah. it's like you always kind of like want to hit your head and go, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Awesome, great. I think we can move on to the next question. Thank you for that. And the next question is like, if you could go back in time, let's say it's two thousand three, you're opening your first restaurant. What's one piece of business advice you could give to your past self? If you could just go back and just drop one bomb on yourself, what would it believe be? believe in yourself? Awesome. Well, what's the power in that, Chef? Um, so much. You know, I think that you underestimate. You know, if. Uh, Believing and listening to yourself is is a huge, huge part. You know, a lot of times, especially you know when you're when you're faced with uh, new, you know, new hurdles and 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 monumental tasks, we have a tendency to doubt and to underestimate what we can accomplish as humans. And I think that uh, you know if you've been if you've been going, you know. You just got to believe in yourself, man. You got to, like, say, like, hey, listen, man, I, we, I, we can freaking do this. And, you know, the by hook or crook, it will happen, you know. It, it may not be the most graceful thing in the beginning, but uh, it, it turns out, you know, I always think that if, uh, if if you're headed in that right direction, you're constantly trying to improve, you'll get to that direction. Yeah. It may not be as fast as you want, but it, you'll be there. You know, I- when it all boils down, I think the the most important person you need to try to impress is yourself. Um, and I think this journey of being a successful restaurateur or restaurant owner or whatever it is, executive chef, general manager, uh, it first starts with impressing yourself because you have to convince yourself you can do it before you can convince anybody else you can do it. You have to, like you said, believe in yourself. I think that's what I'm hearing from you. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Great stuff. Chef, I've asked all the questions I have for you. The only other question I do have is if you could just add one question to this interview. If you think there's one question I'm missing, one question that would add value, what would it be? Um, <laughs> no, I had a great time. I, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, it, you know, I love the industry. I, I, love, I love aspects of where it's going. I think there's uh, so many, been so many leaps and bounds. And so many people have been, you know, a huge part of uh, of, of shaping what it is today. 
But um, I don't know. I, I think it's an awesome place. Um, let me ask you something because I noticed my re- research on you. You really uh, put a lot of stress on doing food right, uh, sustainable efforts, collecting food from local purveyors. Do you want to maybe touch on that before we wrap it up? Um, I think that's another tool that's misused. You know, I think that uh, if you're a true professional, what you do, like I, I think I, I give a shit and I, I, mm-hmm. I cook for a living. I don't need to throw it all over my menu and say, I, you know, um, this comes from this farm and this and that. And I, I do it. It's your, it's your professional obligation to get the best product and put it on that menu and support your community that like a lot of people use it as a marketing and gimmick tool. And it's like, Oh, farm to table, this farm to table that. Well, it should be fucking farm to table. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense for you to be right now getting all your peppers from California when like, you know, it's pepper season here, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, it, it's common sense stuff like that. But, um, I think that, uh, that, you know, being, uh, thoughtful and, and, and resourceful and, and utilizing a community is, uh, is key in, Chef, one of the reasons why I only talk to indie restaurant owners is because of that reason. Because you can't have a chain or a franchise. You can, but it's extremely difficult to operate something at at that scale ethically and uh, sustainably. And I want to promote people like you. So thank you for doing it right. I just want to say that. Thank you very much. No problem. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right, it's time to wrap it up. We wrap up every episode with... Uh, calling someone out, Chef. Who is one restaurant professional, indie restaurant professional, you admire and think would make a great guest on the show? You got to get my boy, Gerard Kraft. Gerard Kraft. Yep. All right. Tell us a little bit about him. Uh, great friend. He's uh, done great things in St. Louis. And uh, he's, uh, I don't know, I think he uh, he's definitely one of those people I give a shit. All right. Gerard Gra- or Kraft, look out. I'm coming after you. And uh, let the folks at home know, Chef, how can we connect with you? Maybe they want to come out to St. Louis and have a mentor like you, uh, or maybe they want to ask you a question on something you mentioned today to take the conversation further. How can we connect? Um, just contact me at the restaurant. I'm there all the time. All right. Is there an email or yeah. just walk in or Twitter Go. handle? You, you can uh, connect me by email. All right. Sounds good. I'll have that email in the show notes. Thanks. Chef, thank you so much. You've been Thanks so awesome. I appreciate being a part of it. Thanks a lot. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. Cheers. (laughs) Chef Kevin Nashin, thank you so much for bringing so much energy to this episode. I loved everything you had to say. We are all better because of listening to you. Some of the things you mentioned that I just loved, the mentality you have of just having to give a shit. Yeah, it's a little crude, but it drives home the point that as soon as you stop caring, as soon as it that giving a shit drive is over, you're done for. And I think that's a very great lesson to take away from this. Also, your advice on being creative and asking yourself, how can I do this? When you're trying to get that initial capital to get started, don't say it's not possible. Believe in yourself, like he says. Have that faith in yourself and ask yourself, how can I do this? What can I do in my life? Who can I connect with? What can I learn? Just 
don't quit and be creative and something will happen. Um, the law of attraction will give you the tools you need to succeed. So just some great points there. And also just being a good person and giving back to your community and being sustainable in having good food ethics and just doing it all for the right reasons. Chef, we can learn a lot from you. Uh, some of the things I want to mention before I let you go. I have a great opportunity for you. My good friend Brandon Hall over at nextrestaurants.com is going to do a series of articles on Google Analytics and how to leverage Google Analytics in your restaurant. He is Google Analytics certified and just really intelligent when it comes to this sort of thing. But he needs some restaurants. He needs to be able to go into your website and to look at your Google Analytics to be able to do the research he's trying to accomplish. So he's willing to give away... uh, Three free consultancy opportunities to the first three restaurants that uh, agree to be a part of this research that he's writing. No strings attached. He's just going to go in, take a look at your analytics, and in exchange for having access to your analytics, he's going to give you some free consultancy and to give you some tips and pointers and things you can do with your website to really increase the SEO and to drive more traffic to your website. He's really knowledgeable. I would take this opportunity. Only three people, though, so do act quickly. I'm sure it'll go fast. If this is something you are interested in, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantsunstoppable.com. I will introduce you personally. This is a great opportunity, so I wanted to share that with you. I'm excited to share it with you. Also, don't forget to head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash books and tools for a complete list of the books our guests have read, the books they recommend to get you going in the right direction to being unstoppable, and the tools they're leveraging in their restaurants today that they're seeing results with and that they're recommending you check out. So, like always, thank you so much for listening today, for taking the advice from our guest mentors. Until next time, peace out. Thank you.